A lavish boating excursion ended in mystery when Hollywood producer Thomas Ince died under mysterious circumstances that to this day have not been explained. The official report says indigestion and heart attack, but allegedly he was shot in the head by newspaper tycoon William Randolph Hearst. The scandal that followed left this case unsolved today. Was the supposed indigestion really the cause of Ince's untimely death? And if it was, why was his widow gifted a trust fund and a lavish building in the heart of Hollywood by Hearst? What happened that fateful night aboard the Oneida? Apparently, there was even a Los Angeles Times article that didn't make it to publication titled, quote, movie producer shot on Hearst's yacht. So what happened to Thomas Ince? And why is the story still a mystery today? I'm your host, Ansley, and welcome to Hollywoodland Unsolved. I must warn you that this episode may be frightening to listeners under the age of 13, so listener discretion is advised. Thomas Ince was born into a showbiz family on November 16, 1882, in Newport, Rhode Island. He began his journey in the entertainment industry as an actor, and after many failed attempts to make it, he switched gears into filmmaking. Ince went to change the film industry and became one of the biggest moguls of the time. He was reported to be the first person to build a movie studio, which he called Inceville. According to reports, many of his techniques of writing and filming are still used today, such as the use of assistant directors and shooting scenes separately instead of as one long scene like a play. The studio was built in Santa Ynez Canyon in the Santa Monica Mountains, and quote, it consisted of several thousand acres filled with stages, entire neighborhoods of multicolored houses from the humblest abodes to gigantic mansions, commissaries, dressing rooms, props, and more. There were several different nations represented at the studio, from Japanese villages to French chalets. Inns even hired performers from a Wild West show to live at the studio, including an entire Indian tribe who pitched their teepees on the grounds. End quote. Ince would eventually become known as the father of the Western style of filmmaking and had quite a portfolio to uphold that title. Ince eventually sold Inceville to a Western star and began building a new studio in Culver City, which still stands today right off of Culver Boulevard. Quote, the administration building is instantly recognizable, not only for its resemblance to Mount Vernon, but also because the facade was used as the front of Terra in the film Gone with the Wind. Culver Studios boasts 40 colonial-style revival buildings, a fire department, a hospital, and a swimming pool. Royalty and presidents were taken on tours of the studio and became duly impressed. End quote. But his story came to an untimely end when he was escorted off of a yacht owned by William Randolph Hearst due to an alleged illness. He died within days and was immediately cremated with no autopsy done. There are many conflicting stories as to what happened to Thomas Ince. So let's start at the beginning. On the weekend of November 15th, in celebration of his 43rd birthday, the yacht's owner, newspaper bigwig William Randolph Hearst, hosted a ride from Los Angeles to San Diego. Allegedly, the trip wasn't originally planned for Ince's birthday, but a dinner was set in celebration. Later, all of that was denied by one of the passengers. Aboard the ship was Hearst and his mistress, Marion Davies, who was an actress, as well as Charlie Chaplin and his secretary, 
Luella Parsons, who would go on to be one of the biggest gossip columnists of the time, a jazz band, and a few other guests, including Ince's wife, Eleanor Ince, or Nell, as she was called. Marion Davies later said that Ince was only invited because it was requested by Nell, because she thought that her husband really needed the rest. So what happened that night? One report states, quote, A grand dinner ensued with much merrymaking, but no drinking, according to Davies. Others have claimed that booze flowed freely. Ince himself supposedly told doctors later that he consumed alcohol while aboard the yacht. Hearst was a well-known teetotaler and did not tolerate drinking in his presence. But that did not stop his guests from sneaking their own booze aboard. So the truth probably lies somewhere in between. During the middle of the night, Ince became violently ill and was removed from the yacht and placed on a train in San Diego, bound for Los Angeles. The version Dr. Goodman gave, however, was that he and Ince had been up early Monday morning and left the yacht together, as both planned to return to Los Angeles before the others awakened. According to the doctor, Ince fell ill with a heart attack while en route and was removed from the train to a hotel where another physician, Dr. T.A. Parker, was called. It seems odd that a doctor who suspected this man was having a heart attack would not try to get him to a hospital. Ince's wife was called, and she rushed to be with her husband. Again, rather than being transported to a hospital, he insisted he wanted to go home and was brought to Los Angeles, where he died in his wife's arms the next day. Well, that doesn't seem too far-fetched, right? What I think is really interesting is that no coroner's report was ever done, and the remains of Ince were immediately cremated, so no investigation could ever be done. Strange, right? Immediately after the death, the newspapers had a field day. Allegedly, the front page of the LA Times read, quote, movie producer shot on Hearst's yacht. Yikes. But that story didn't get printed. What did get printed was that Ince had fallen ill while visiting Hearst's ranch and had been taken home by ambulance only to die at his family's side. This story didn't hold weight for long because too many people had seen Ince board the Oneida in San Diego. Rumors of foul play were fueled by Charlie Chaplin's secretary, claiming to have seen a bullet hole in Ince's head. The rumors reached the district attorney's office and he felt pressure to investigate, but he only questioned one man, Dr. Daniel Goodman who was a Hearst employee, who stated that he took the train down to San Diego with Ince and stated that Ince had claimed chest pain on the trip, as to aid to the heart attack story. It was enough to suffice the DA's office, even though they didn't question anyone else in the cast. A theory as to why the DA's office only interviewed one person, a doctor, no doubt, was because he suspected that there might have been alcohol involved. Apparently, it was a well-known secret that alcohol was on board the Oneida. This was during Prohibition, so that would have gotten a whole lot of important people in a whole lot of trouble. And we all know that the Los Angeles police don't have the best reputation for doing what is right and just, but for doing what is, well, paid by the highest bidder. I think Hearst was far too powerful with far too much money for this investigation to go any further. So what happened to Thomas Ince on board of the Oneida? Let's say that we run with the theory that Ince was shot. If so, by who and why? One theory is that he was shot by mistake, that the gun was supposed to be aimed at someone else. 
Allegedly, Hearst was in a relationship of sorts with Marion Davies, and allegedly Charlie Chaplin was having an affair with her behind his back. According to stories, Hearst invited Chaplin to come on the excursion so he could witness how happy him and Davies were with the hopes that he would back off. While on board, Hearst allegedly caught Chaplin and Davies in a, well, less than flattering position. And Hearst stormed out to get his gun, returned, and aimed the gun at Chaplin, but aboard the unpredictable seas, shot Ince instead. Another is that Davies and Ince were caught full-on in bed together, and Hearst shot Ince in a fit of rage, with a diamond-encrusted pistol, allegedly. D.W. Griffith remarked years later, quote, All you have to do to make Hearst turn white as a ghost is mention Ince's name. There's plenty wrong there, but Hearst is too big to touch. So something definitely went down. Another interesting clue that fuels the Hearst accidentally killed Ince theory is that Ince's wife, Eleanor Ince, was potentially paid off. After Ince's death, Eleanor moved to Europe, where she was allegedly given a trust fund to live on by Hearst, as well as a building in the heart of Hollywood, the famed Chateau Elise apartment building. It's said that she was fully paid off by Hearst before she left for Europe. That sounds suspicious if you ask me. One more thing to note is that Luella Parsons, one of the passengers on board of the Oneida that fateful night, who was a soon-to-be-famous gossip columnist, was just an up-and-comer at the time of the ride. But soon after, she was offered a lifetime contract with Hearst Corporations, even though later she adamantly denied being anywhere near the yacht at the time. Another theory of what happened to Ince was that he was killed because he raped Abigail Kinselving, Marion Davies' secretary. Stay with me, okay? One of my favorite websites, Hollywood Land Forever blog, states, quote, Another quite messy scenario is that of an unknown character, Abigail Kinsilving. Miss Kinsilving happened to be Miss Davies' secretary, and from most of the stories, she is not among those listed on board the Oneida that night. However, apparently through the Hollywood gossip circuits, the story claims that Abigail was raped by Ince aboard her yacht, and she shot him in self-defense, or even quite possibly stabbed him in the head. Another report states that she only admitted to being raped by Ince, but never mentioned anything about how he died, or if his death was related to her rape. Stories go on to state that Abigail became pregnant from the incident and gave birth to a daughter, Louise, just months later. As you know, a pregnancy takes an entire nine months, so for her to give birth in just a few months sounds fishy to me. Also, reports claim that Ince raped her on Saturday night, the 15th of November. That's impossible because Ince didn't board the Oneida until Sunday morning, the 16th, in San Diego, because he had been busy at the premiere of The Mirage, an ongoing production he was negotiating with Hearst International Film Corporation. So if Abigail claimed to have been raped by Ince on the 15th aboard the Oneida, then that was a lie, end quote. So, if we're going to roll with the theory that Abigail was impregnated by Ince, why would she kill him then? Due to the time that she was allegedly to give birth, we have to assume that she was already expecting long before she stepped aboard the Oneida. Perhaps she became enraged with jealousy on board the ship when she saw Ince with another passenger, Margaret Livingston, 
who was allegedly Ince's mistress. Did Abigail become enraged and act out of anger? Hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. This theory is interesting to me for a number of reasons, and I think there is more to the story. So after digging into this theory, I learned that one, Abigail did proclaim multiple times that she was raped by Ince. Two, right after the baby was born, Abigail died in a car accident under mysterious circumstances very close to Hearst Mansion. And three, a strange suicide note was found that some speculate was written by at least two different people. Whoa. Abigail's child was then placed in an orphanage and was allegedly supported financially by Davies for years. Why? There are so many unanswered questions and bizarre facts that make this case so suspicious. Between the newspaper articles fabricating where Ince was, to the mysterious death of Abigail, to Eleanor Ince being gifted a frickin' building. What I'm unclear about is when was Ince on board the train with Dr. Goodman? Allegedly, it was on the drive down to meet everyone in San Diego, where they then boarded the ship and he had his alleged heart attack, or gunshot, that took place on the ride back up to Los Angeles. I believe that Ince was in fact killed accidentally. I do believe that he was shot. They were out at sea, so who could have heard it? I also believe that Ince was in fact having an affair with Abigail Kinsleving. And I think that she was going to talk to someone from the Hearst Empire, and so they took care of her. As for Nell, there are conflicting stories. One states that she was gifted a trust fund, including the Chateau Elise in Hollywood, and booked it to Europe. The other states that even if she was gifted that much, the stock market crash of 1929 left her life in shambles, where she spent the rest of her days as a taxicab driver. I hope that's not true. But the world may never know the truth as to what happened on board the Oneida that night. This story has created so much speculation over the years that a big Hollywood blockbuster was even made about it years later, in 2001 to be exact, starring Kirsten Dunst as Marion Davies, Edward Herman as William Randolph Hearst, and Carrie Elwes as Thomas Ince. Definitely adding that one to my must-watch list. As far as the Chateau Elise in Hollywood, well, the building still stands today and has made quite a name for itself as the celebrity center for a little religion known as Scientology. Have you heard of it? So what do you think? Was Ince shot by Hearst in a fit of rage after catching him with Davies? Was it really indigestion that led to a heart attack? Or was Abigail Kinsleving telling the truth? Tweet me at HollywoodlandPC or email me at HollywoodlandPod at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this because my jury is still out on this one. I've included a complete reference list to all of my research for the show in the show notes, as well as links to the accounts I quoted in the episode. Please feel free to check them out for more information on the mysterious death of Thomas Ince and those involved. Next time on Hollywoodland Unsolved we dive into one of the most chilling murders to ever strike Hollywood. With twists and turns at every corner, this 70-year-old case has been the subject of movies and books for almost a century. When Elizabeth Short's body was found dismembered in a vacant lot in Hollywood, the police began a wild goose chase that would leave behind a trail of mystery. The murder of the Black Dahlia. All elements of Hollywoodland Unsolved are produced by me, with graphics and maps by Brian Balzarini and music by my amazing father.